of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Michelle Prince, host of the Power of Authority Spotlight, where we shine the light on entrepreneurs, business owners, founders, leaders, people that are building things. They're doing incredible uh, business and they're also making an impact along the way. Today's episode is brought to you by Performance Publishing. Have you ever thought about writing a book? If you've ever thought about writing a book, now is the time. And Performance Publishing is there to help you every step of the way. You can schedule a free strategy call at performancepublishinggroup.com, performancepublishinggroup.com. Grab a call and just see if writing a book is for you. All right, let me introduce you to Michael Huber, who is a certified mental performance consultant accredited by the Association of Applied Sports Psychology. He is also a father, experienced business advisor, athlete, and mentor. The primary focus of Michael's practice is serving youth athletes and their families. All of his work is motivated by the desire for others to get the best out of the abilities and resources at their disposal. Michael believes that mental performance coaching is all about becoming aware of mental emotional challenges, removing those roadblocks, and taking intentional action to improve as a person and performer. Michael is also the founder and host of the Freshman Foundation podcast, which is preparing young athletes and families for every next step in their athletic journey. Prior to entering the sports psychology field, Michael spent almost 20 years as a successful business consultant working for globally recognized professional firms such as Ernst & Young, KPMG, and Cushman and & Wakefield. Of course, the most important job that Michael holds is father to his two children, Patrick, who is 14, and Lucy, who is 12. His website is Michael V. Huber.com. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michelle. That was a wonderful intro. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so great to meet you. I know we chatted just a little bit before we joined. We have a little bit of hometown roots. You're you're up there on the East Coast in, mm -hmm. in New Jersey. I spent a little time there myself. So always nice, <laughs> <laughs> always nice to meet another Garden State uh, <laughs> a podcaster. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous you're in Texas, though, so if that tells you anything. Well, you know what? I, I appreciate that. I don't miss the winters. I'll be honest with you on that. But eventually I want to go somewhere even warmer. I want to go to Florida or somewhere along the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, I have that in my plans as well. Yes. All right. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Mental performance and especially geared toward the youth is so that first of all, that's so powerful and so needed. I have uh, two boys myself and, you know, just seeing how important your mental fitnesses, especially at a young age, is, is so critical. We know it as adults, but I feel like it's even more important for these younger yes. generations than ever before. What made you so passionate about this? How did you get into this? Um, it was a process. Um, as anybody who's been through a midlife career change, it, you know, for me, it didn't happen overnight. Um, it probably took, you know, five or six years of sort of like marinating of starting to just see things around me, not only in the workplace where I started to be a little bit uh, disenchanted about like the typical sort of rat race work life. Um, and then being a father and coaching my kids, like the combination of those things was sort of really the genesis of it. Of like seeing the stuff around me going like, well, I don't really want to be in this environment work-wise anymore. The travel, the 
24 seven email, the, you know, it's just, it's just a stress ball, you know? And like, mm -hmm. I just started to like rethink that. And then I'm out there coaching my kids, which I loved. I love being with kids and I love like helping them and teaching them and spending time with them. But then I also see what's going on around me with parents and the way they talk to their kids and the way they treat their kids and the way the kids yes. respond in the sporting environment, which is a little bit disappointing. It's supposed to be fun and, and exciting and, and it's supposed to be a learning you know, process and it becomes something where it becomes a referendum on their, you know, yeah. you know, their, their, you know, their life as a human being like, oh, you, you dropped the ball. Oh, my God, Johnny or Mary. And, and so, yeah. like, that started to get me thinking, like, how could I help in that space? And then, you know, thinking about my own experiences, I was an athlete all through high school. I was good, not great. And I, and I recognize that. But I think a lot of my challenges weren't physical challenges. It wasn't my ability. It was in between my years Mental. of like, the, the self-talk and the, and the, the inability to ask for help and the, you know, the really being hard on myself and like letting that like be such a big part of my identity that like nothing else matters. All those things put together, like I, I really struggle with it. And so like, I felt like, well, okay, like how could I be the guide? How could I, could I be the person for these young people to have that resource, um, you know, to help them, you know, not, go to those places or have a little bit of like space or perspective that, that I didn't have um, to help them be better. And then, so that sort of just led me to the field. I mean, um, I could tell you a longer story about how I got there, but that, that's really the inspiration for it. You know, there's so, so many entrepreneurial stories that are so similar. Mine, mine being exactly the same, being in a corporate environment. I, you were, you know, in a consulting, in the consulting sure. biz firms. I was in software sales and just getting to that point where all the things that you thought you wanted, yep. money, travel, you know, climbing a corporate ladder, you get to a point in life. And, and for me, it was after I had kids too, of, wait a minute, this, this is not, this is not necessarily what it's all cracked up to be. There's got definitely. to be something more. And, you know, as you know, as an entrepreneur, it's, it's definitely not the easiest path to take. No, no. <laughs> What was it like for you when you made that shift? And you said it took about five or so years to really get that, yeah, you I know, mean, your footing on what to do, what to focus yeah, on. Yeah, I, I, I went through a process like, you know, it was like sort of the, I, I mean, I would talk about this, like I'll talk about it from a sports psychology perspective or a psychology perspective. There's something in psychology called the trans theoretical theory, uh, the trans theoretical model, which is basically a model of change, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, you go from non-contemplation, right? Like I, it's not even a thought to like, oh, maybe I'll do this too. Like I'm actually gonna take action on it, right? This five yeah. stage. That was me. Like I started to think about it. I was reading books. I was like, well, how am I gonna do this? I was married at the time. I have two young kids. I was making a really good salary. Like, how am I gonna not do this? So so rather, you know, rather than like, I, I didn't wake up one day and was like, oh, I wanna change my career. I was like, oh, I, I'm really thinking about this. I'm gonna go to a career coach. Yeah. And I invested in career coaching and it was really the best decision I ever made. It was like, you know, it wasn't, you know, it, was, it wasn't inexpensive, but it was like yeah. a tremendous resource to like really think like in deeply about like what I wanted this next stage of my professional life to look like. Yeah. And I did that for like a year, year and a half. And he really like made me think about all these things, like where I want to work, how I want to mm. work, how much money I need to make. How am I going to survive if I'm not making any income? like all the financial implications. Nice. And I thought through all of that, like that coaching experience, like I'm not a career coach, but that coaching experience also really like influenced me like to understand like coaching is a process of like, mm -hmm. you've got to do, right? It's not just yeah. telling somebody like, this is what you should do. It's like, you have to do the work. Mm -hmm. And I did all the work and I was like, okay. Like at the end of it, I was like, I'm going to do this. 
Oh, now, wow. when you're ma- when you're married and you know you're making a six figure income, and you tell your you know your 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 spouse like, hey, I'm going to go back to zero or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of consternation. You know, there was, frankly, you know, I think she supported it to a point, but ultimately, I was like, I'm doing this. Like, this is what I need to do for my life because I only get one turn around. You know, the sun. Yes. You know, like this is it. Like, you know, I don't know when it's going to be over. I'm going to do it. Yeah, it was really hard. I mean, it's been really hard. I mean, you know, I'm sure you know what it's like. You start from zero revenue. You have an idea that you really believe in. You invest time and money and energy and like everything that you have, your lifeblood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't always, you know, the results don't always match up yeah. with the effort. Right. And so totally. like, I have to I have to coach myself. Right. The same things I talk to young people about, like you can only control the controllables. You, you know, the results aren't indicative of success, you know, all these things. Like I tell people, I teach them, I show them, I try to make them believe it, you know, and understand that, like, just because you're not getting the results that you want, um, just because you're not getting the results that you want, doesn't mean you're not a success. And not that it doesn't mean it's not going to come. You have to be patient. Like I have to tell myself that all the time, like, what are you doing here? Like, yeah. no, you're doing the right things. Keep doing it. Keep going. And every once in a while, there's, there's that really like angelic voice you know, mm-hmm. from the outside, a friend or somebody you don't even know mm-hmm. who says, just keep going, just yes. keep going, don't quit. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing ah. the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. Just keep going. And, and, you know, I, and I, I refuse, I refuse to give up on it, you know, just keep going. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think a lot of times I'll be honest for myself. I mean, looking at other people who were entrepreneurs who had their own business, it all looked so wow, this is just going to be so seamless. I'm going to quit my job and it's going to be so great. And, and my story was very similar in that I, I, I six figures, high six figures and came to my husband and was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell that. Or, or I did, I'd already, yeah, I'd already written the book. It was starting to, and I saw the potential after I, I yeah, launched it yeah. of, wow, this really could be a business and how scary that is. And it, it, it did not happen overnight for me. I had to transition. I had a period of time when I was doing both, but I think it's important to point that out because I know a lot of, I'm sure a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs are listening and thinking like, why is this so hard? And I made so many mistakes in the early years (laughs) and I'm still making mistakes 14 years later, but it's, 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 it's a journey. It's a process, you know, like with anything, right? Yeah. I think that that's what, I don't want to sound like, um, I don't want to sound arrogant. But I think that that's what sets entrepreneurs apart, right? Is that willingness to take the risk to go to a place that you have no idea where you're going to end up. And you're willing to, to fall on your face in service of what you believe in, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that most, I mean, all of us, you and I included, like our hu- the human being, their brain is, is predisposed to security and to, dis- to, to dispose of threat. Yeah. Right. And we're walking into that, which is biologically counter and, you know, intuitive mm-hmm. and we're doing it. And so I think that that's like, that's what I love about the space, regardless of what you, your business is or what you yeah. believe in or what you're selling or whatever it is. Like to me, it's like, wow, let's go. Let's, let's do more of this. Um, and I think a lot of people just don't get that. No, no. <laughs> because honestly, they, they, you know, it sounds like your story was similar that you just internally, you're like, I can't do this anymore. I yeah, have to, yes. to I have to crisis. risk this. 
And, and I think that's why they say surround yourself with like-minded people, because there were so many people, yeah. not, not that they're not in my world anymore, but that just didn't get it because they love yeah. the security of a paying job. And frankly, if you put it all on paper, it does look kind of crazy sometimes. Like, wait, wait, you know, I remember one time when I first started my business, one of my kids, I don't know why we were talking about, or I think he was kind of exploring, you know, what am I going to do when I grow up? And, and, you know, all kids want things. So money's always very important. And it was asking, well, how much do you make in like this field and this field and, and software sales came up and, and I was like, well, really, really well in software sales. And, uh, and he's like, oh, okay. So, you know, kind of give me an idea. And he's like, and then what do you make when you're an entrepreneur <laughs> when you first start? And I'm like, well, he's like, and, and that look on it, well, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Right. But there's something, if you are an entrepreneur, which I think we're, we are a rare breed. There's just something in us that yeah. just, just knows there is, no matter how hard the journey is, there is a purpose behind it yeah. and you're making a difference. And I want to yeah. talk about what you're doing with these, these kids, because again, I mean, we can all say it very cliche, like the, the, the youth is our, our future and all that, but what are we really doing to, to help our youth? So how, how do you help young men, young women have more mental fitness? Like, what does that look like? So I think if I, if I could boil it down to one single word, mm-hmm. I think it's giving them perspective. Okay. You know, whether they're 12 or they're 22, I think we live in a world and, 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 and I think, you know, just to sort of harken back to my own experience, right. To tie it back to what we've been talking about. When I was, in a teenager, it was 19, you know, 1990s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. We didn't have all the things that we have now. We don't have travel sports the way we used to have it. College wasn't as big of a thing, mm-hmm. right? We lived in a, a world where it was just like sports was part of it, but it wasn't everything. everything. Well, for me, for me, it's every it was everything 30 years ago. And my parents didn't give, you know, a, a poop about sports. They cared about being able to work and put money on the table. Right. Like sports were like a luxury. Totally okay, if I can, if I can get you there, great. If I can afford it, great. If I can't afford it, you're not playing. Now yeah. we live in a world where people are like working second jobs. They're driving, you know, they're driving Uber to pay mm-hmm. for their kids, you know, $10,000 travel team. Right. right. And so my point of that in saying is, is that the family bears all this burden, not only the, 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 the kids, but the parents bear the burden of this mm-hmm. is so serious and important that when it doesn't go the way they want it to, whether it's, you know, results, you know, uh, I'm I'm not going to college or I didn't play well or I'm not getting Mm. recruited or, or we're 12 years old and we struck out to end the game. There's just, it's like a pressure cooker. And what I try to do is be that buffer, right? Be the person in the middle who gives everybody a bit of space. Like, Hey, mom and dad, you mean, well, you love your child, but you can't talk to them the way I can talk to them because there's no emotion involved for me. Oh, and by the way, I'm trained to help them. I'm giving them tools to have perspective, to think differently, to feel differently, to manage their emotions, to keep their focus, all those things to feel confident that you can't give them as much as you want to, because even if you say the same things I do, when you say it, it falls in a different, it lands a different way than if I say it, right? My, My kids are teenagers. They both play soccer at a high level. Dad's a sports psychology professional. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. Do this. Hey, dad. Take a walk. Because um, they're dad. They just want a hug and a kiss. Mm-hmm. Tell me, you know, I, that you love me. Tell me that I played great. Tell me whatever. 
but don't give me advice. I don't want it from you, regardless of how smart you are. And so, like, I, I, I would say that I'm, I'm, I'm part of the family in that respect. And then I'm like almost like a mediator. Yeah. I've never described it that way. It just sort of came to my mind. But it's true. Like, you're the middleman between parents and kids in the sporting environment, which has become so professionalized and so pressurized. You're the person that can help everybody see things a little bit differently with a, give them a bit of space. And I, I love that. Um, and I think being a father, I think being older, um, I think that gives me a bit of authority, right? Mm-hmm. Credibility, not just as a professional, but like I live it. And mm-hmm. I think that that helps yes. because I think people are like, okay, this guy's got a little bit of gray hair and he's got the experience of being a dad and he, he can talk about this stuff in a real way that people trust me. And I, I love that, like more than anything, regardless of what I'm doing or selling or whatever. I want you to trust me. If you don't trust me, then I'm not doing my job right. Wow. Um, and that's what I sort of strive for at the end of the day. I wish all people, all kids had that kind of a coach, to be honest, because, um, yeah. you know, my, my sons both very, were very, very competitive in sports, high level and different in different sports, one yeah. soccer, one very competitive tennis. And it would break my heart. Sometimes there are certain families and parents where they put this mm-hmm. pressure on these kids. I can remember one time when my my son was in soccer and there was a family and the 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 the, the dad was just screaming at his son for missing a goal like berating him from the stands and it's just like my heart just like felt for him and you know he took that home and I hope there was a coach that was the mediator in that yeah. but sometimes coaches can be just as hard and yeah. you know well I, well, it, well that that that's a really good point right and so that's something I talk to kids a lot about, right? Your coach has a job, yes. right? Now, I, I think we all agree, kids included, I think will tell you, or at least instinctively, they will say like, my coach is here to take care of me. Yes. My coach is here to protect me. My coach is here to teach me. That doesn't always happen. And what I tell the kids is, listen, your coach has a job. He gets paid in a lot of instances to do his job. He has a family. He's got 20 other kids, yep. right? As much as he should be taking care of you and teaching you and pulling you to the side and putting his arm around you and trying to like develop you as a human being, that's just not always reality. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, young person, you need to A, you know, try to develop some form of empathy for that grown up, which yes. you know is hard. And then B, like go just accept the fact that you're not getting what you need from that person and C, what am I going to do to coach myself? Mm. Because, right, like the difference between me and that the coach is on the field is the coach is on the field and I'm not, which makes me sad because I feel like I, w- I want to be on the sidelines with them and be able to pull them aside when things are hard and be like, no, you did a good job or, hey, this is what you can do differently or I'm proud of you. Right? Yeah. Those are things that like motivate young people, um, but I can't. So so that coach is, is you know, I'm, I'm, I have to give it to the kid and say, hey, I'm not there with you. You need to understand how to coach and advocate for yourself. Otherwise, you're always going to be, well, not always, but you're going to be disappointed at times. And, you know, it's going to affect the way you feel and think about yourself, which is going to hurt your performance. How do we manage those thoughts and feelings on our own so that our performance doesn't sag when when things don't go our way? I mean, in essence, that's what I'm doing. I love it. I absolutely do. My kids are older now, but at the same, you know, I don't think it's ever too late to get anyone perspective, right? I mean, because yeah. how, how, I mean, as you know, as a coach and any kind of coaching, it's, it's just changing somebody's perspective. It's not doing it. Like you said, for them, coach on the sidelines right. is not the one kicking the ball, but helping them to, to have a different perspective. What would you say to 
uh, people that are listening who maybe they do have kids, maybe they're in that window of opportunity and maybe they don't have somebody like you in their life. Um, what could they do or what resources could you give to them to help them to, to better prepare their kids and, and build up that mental fitness? Okay, so the, 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 the simple answer I'm going to give you is ask more questions. I, I don't coach parents per se, but I coach parents indirectly because they come to me, they're my clients and they, or, or they come to me for advice and they'll, and they'll ask me, what should I do? And I mm -hmm. always ask them, I always tell them, ask more questions, be curious, right? Don't give your child the answers, ask them questions to help them find the answers for themselves. Even if you think, you know, the answer, mm. right? That, that, that's number one. Um, in terms of resources, I, I mean, listen. Uh, in a perfect world too, I think, right. And this is from my own experience, forget about professionally. I think every adult needs to engage in some form of mental health, mm -hmm. you know, therapy or counseling to right. understand because the, the father that you described was yelling at his kid for missing a goal. Isn't yelling at his kid for missing the goal. He's yelling at his kid because something inside him something else going on that he's taking yeah. out on his child right and, and so like if parents were able to work through their own stuff <laughs> they would probably be less um they would be less like just critical of their own kids because i think a lot of times it's we're getting critical of our kids because we're it's an internal reflection of who we are and we don't have that either self-awareness to understand that or, or B, we understand it, but we can't stop ourselves because we're so emotional about our kids' mm -hmm. performance, which in reality is insane, right? Like, mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm guilty of it too. Don't, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm the I have all sorts of stories about how my kids tell me, dad, shut up, or dad, don't say that. Or like, because they're still your kids. Like, I can't really completely separate that. And I get it. I have, I have empathy for those parents because I've been that guy too. But by and large, I have my mouth shut at a game. So parents, like, I think it's like, you know, work on your stuff. Like I even have like a blog on my <clears throat> website um, that talks about how mental skills can help parents, right? Uh -huh. Being mindful, right? Practicing mindfulness as a parent, because you know this, you have kids. Being a parent is like the ultimate job, right? You're a performer at the end of the day. Like you have to show up every single day for your kids, mm -hmm. right? It's stressful. It's hard. You're taking care of people that really can't take care of themselves. You're financially responsible for them. Like everything falls on your back. That's, that's like the hardest job of all, right? Like there's not even a debate about that, at least in my mind. Am I mindful of what's going on? Like I'm thinking about work. I'm thinking about my relationship with my spouse. Mm. I'm thinking about how, how do I pay the bills? I'm thinking about my kid. How am I going to pay for college? Like that's a lot of stuff, right? Being mindful of what's going on, right? Taking a breath, right? Taking a breath every once in a while as a parent, like, yo, like calm down. Like mm -hmm. there's no reason to be upset about this. Like take, take a deep breath. Just like I would tell an athlete to slow your heart down, to relax your muscles, kind of calm, clear the system, you know, like yeah. before I yell, like take a breath. Third, like have a way to like reset yourself. Like this is something I work on with athletes all the time. Like if you catch your, your blood boiling over a game, like, okay, my blood's boiling over a, a, a soccer game. That's not normal. I need to stop myself. How am I going to do it? Take these steps to get back to baseline, right? Rather than like feeding off of that negative energy and now you've become like this guy or or, or mom who's always yelling yes. and i can tell you there's nothing my kids like less than a yelling mom or dad mm -hmm. like so true 
Oh my God. They're like, they're mortified. And yeah. you know, I don't listen. I don't blame them. Right. It's, I don't think other parents think a lot of it necessarily, but the kids are like, Oh my God, like, why is that person yelling at our game? Like, just let us play. And it's like, Oh, right. It is a game <laughs> after all. Yeah, it's a game. <laughs> exactly. So you mentioned your website. I know you have uh, a lot of different resources on there. Um, Tell us a little bit more about what they can find if they go to michaelvhuber.com, H-U-B-E-R.com. Excellent. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I mentioned, I referenced my blogs. I have a a bunch of blogs on there that I talk about different topics, um, mental performance. Uh, I have a podcast called The Freshman Foundation. I have about 70 episodes on there where I have guests mostly. It's a guest hosted like this podcast. Those are all free. Um, I have a bunch of um, free like mental performance resources, ebooks, and uh, even a free course on there. And then I have a paid course, which is also called the Freshman Foundation, which helps um, is designed to help um, young athletes prepare for the jump to college. Mm. So really a, a, a playbook uh, of, of skills. Um, resources to develop in advance for the the jump to prepare rather than getting to college and you know stepping into this unknown world and then yeah. having to navigate it without um having the resources that you need before you get there and, and trying to scramble to find them so that was the genesis of the course yeah i love that i wish my boys had that before they went off to college um, <laughs> so definitely everyone listening go ahead and grab those resources even no matter what the age of your kids i mean everyone yeah. i think mental fitness the the principles really apply to all of us. So so thank you for all of your wisdom in that. And um, as we wrap up, is there anything else that you would share in terms of uh, as a business owner? You know, the show's power of authority, the the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So things that you're maybe doing that are working to build your business, build your authority, your platform. Anything that comes to mind? I, I think it kind of goes back to the entrepreneurship conversation that we had earlier. Mm -hmm. I think it's really trusting that the work that I do makes a difference, right? And, and, and not worrying about the numbers of people that I'm reaching, because I can't control that, but really, you know, really, really focusing in on that consistent messaging of like, this is something that's important. It's something that's valuable. I believe it. Mm -hmm. And whether one person trusts me and believes it or a million do. I can't control that, but like just really being consistent and like, this is what I believe in. And like, if you want someone to help you with that, this particular, you know, part of your life in sports, mental, you know, training and like really managing it. Like I want to be that person that people Mm -hmm. trust. And I try to come across in a not in not only in an authoritative way, right, but a genuine way. Like this is yeah. who I am, and I think that that's a big part of my coaching, Michelle. Which is, like, I'm genuine. Like I don't shy away from saying, like, these are the mistakes I've made, or this is my yes. experience. You know, I I do that judiciously. I don't do it over the top. It's not about me. But I think being vulnerable with my clients and my families helps to humanize yes. the work rather than being like, I'm so smart. You have to listen to me. And I I don't subscribe to that theory. I I just I happen to make more mistakes than you, and I've learned from them. So now I'm sharing it. Don't do yeah. it like I did. <laughs> right. And who can relate to perfect? Right. We all want right. to know that somebody's authentic and that like, wow, if he can do this, I can do this. If yeah, she can do this, I precisely. can do this. So, well, you are making a difference. So thank, thank you, you so much for being on the show, Michael. I so appreciate you. And I appreciate you too. 
just to kind of wrap things up, like hopefully you were taking notes. There's so much there from a entrepreneurial journey perspective. And I know many of you can relate to that, but those of you with kids definitely take a look at the resources. Some of the things I took away as a parent, um, and this applies whether your kids are in sports or not is being mindful. First of all, you know, checking, always being in the moment, being mindful, take a breath, calm down the things that trigger us as parents really in the grand scheme of things probably don't matter as much as we think they do in that moment. And then finally reset yourself, do what you have to do to get yourself back in control. And, and, you know, tomorrow is a new day and parenting did not come with a manual. We're doing all the best we can. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yes. All right, everybody. Well, that's it for the power of authority spotlight. We'll see you next time. so much for listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you are a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast to apply. That's performancepublishinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you got something out of this interview, please share this episode. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, the power of authority spotlight. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our websites, performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com. And follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.